This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and joining me right now is Giannis Janaeus. This is our combo show, which is going to be a look back at the Fulham loss to Blackpool and also look forward to the Birmingham City match. We have a lot to get through in this hour show. Before I do anything else, I always have to welcome back Mr. Janaeus. Mr. Janaeus, how you doing? I'm good. Um, we've got some thunderstorms rolling in. Let's hope it doesn't come in the form of another defeat tomorrow night. We shall see. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm still. Uh, I'm still. You're still um, feeling it from uh, yeah. Saturday? I'm. Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of things to say about that nonsense. Absolutely nonsense. And so I thought, do I, my friend. I, yeah, I actually true. have a good amount to say about this uh, loss. And uh, you know, listen, we we might disagree on a couple of points, which is always good, but we'll see. So just give me your opening thoughts on this 1-0 loss to Blackpool. It's a disappointing loss. They were going to lose. Some think it was predictable because of international break. It came at a bad time. Fulham were playing well. Fulham were dealing with a couple of injuries. No excuses, though, Giannis. They should have beaten Blackpool. Yeah, Fulham, eh? They come yeah. into the, the game with two points, haven't won a game. We come in with 13. We've not lost a game. We go and lose, but but... A few things I found irritating about the whole episode. Firstly, okay, we took our fans, all those fans that went up to the northwest. It's not, it's not a near journey. The fans will tell you it's, it's you know, many fans made it a weekend, and they go up there, and then, you know, we don't create a lot. We look really, really leggy. They score a goal that really should have been prevented, and then we come away you know, with egg on our face against a team that really we should, um, you know, if it's a full team that's functioning on all levels, we should be squashing them like a fly. Okay. So that was irritating. And secondly, the other irritation was on the pregame show last week, you and I talked about the rotation in the international break. Yep. And and Coach Silver said something on Thursday when he said that... Um, 
he'd received all the data from the international teams about the players that had gone away and he'd be assessing the availability and fitness accordingly. Well, guess what? He didn't consult it. This defeat is on Coach Silver. Okay. No one else. This is on him because there's no way, and I'd said this, there's no way that Robinson or Ream should have played. That was a, you, you can't bring Joe Bryan in. You can't bring Morrison in. Of course you can. Mitrovic got a nasty cut of the eye last week. He played in the week, but he looked a shadow of himself. You can't give the ladder a few days off. And then um, you look at the lineup. He brings Cavalier in. I was thinking, oh, Christ, why isn't Cabano in there? And then he brings Kinias in instead of Reed, where uh, Kinias did okay, but with Reed, you could speed up the play. And with a team like Blackpool that insisted on enforcing the high press, the key to breaking that down was quick passing through the zones. And movement, and because so many players were leggy, we looked lethargic, which meant they always, they were always able to break up our attacks. We were so predictable. So for me, this is, has to be a lineup thing, and I think that Silver got it badly, badly wrong. And this thing after the game about, well, we're not going to use it as excuses. Well, actually, no, you're right. You shouldn't use an excuse. Use it and put your hand up and said, my bad. I shouldn't have used these players. I should have arrested them. If there was an emergency, I could have put them off the bench. We didn't have that emergency. And now you've got tired players going into a game tomorrow night against the Birmingham City side who are going to be well up for this, well up for this. And this is going to be a tough, tough game. And um, really, I think Silver look, has got egg on his face for this. It just, just, he got it all wrong with the okay. lineup. Listen, I understand that, Giannis, and I'm not going to uh, backtrack on what I actually tweeted out. I said that I can't blame him for playing his best players. But to your point, I could see both sides of this. I could see where you're coming from. I could see where many supporters were coming right back at me and saying, no, Russ, he had these players available. He had Mawson. He had Brian. Why did he not go towards squad rotation when you have such a long season and take advantage of that squad? See, I see both points on this. But the way I was looking at it, and I'm not going to lie on this. I was hoping that he would put out his strongest squad, which I thought he did. But here's the point to you. You end up being right. In hindsight, you end up being right because they were leggy. So they were not at their best. They looked tired. So in the end, I see your point. I understand your point. I guess I look at it as he had a decision to make. He wanted to go with the strongest, stronger side. Maybe not strongest side, stronger side. Because we'll talk about the players that were missing as well. And maybe that also factored into this, Giannis. Maybe mm-hmm. he decided to play Robinson, Ream, and Mitro because he had other players missing. Maybe that was the deciding factor in here. Maybe he said, you know what? I'm missing Harry Wilson. I'm missing Fabio Carvalho, which are impact players. I can't be not having these players as well. That's something that I'm curious your thoughts on because I want to ask you this because we're we're focusing on what they didn't do, what Silva didn't do. You put it at the feet of Silva. I understand that. But I'm saying here, maybe he felt he was forced to do this because Harry Wilson and Fabio Carvalho were not involved and he had to make it up some other way. He needed some solidity. So he went with players that... He knew we're better players, but maybe squad rotation was the right call. 
Your thoughts on how much they miss Wilson and Carvalho? I I think they missed them a great deal. Yeah, I mean the Wilson one was 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 an obvious one because of concussion. It looks like he might be available tomorrow. That's good news. Uh, Carvalho, of course, we really did miss his attacking prowess. It looks like he's not going to be available until at least the weekend. But the the, the important thing to remember is these these players are not robots. They're not automatons. They're not machines. You don't just, just stick the key in and drive them wherever you want. These yep. are humans. You look at Ream and Robinson, and you look at the amount of mileage those buggers had to put up with all the flights. And I'm going to I'm going to state it again. They flew to the U.S. They trained. They went down to El Salvador. Had a big game down there with the hostility. They finished. They they flew back to Nashville. Had a huge game against Canada. Tough game. They trained. They then went to Honduras went down there. Then they would have to have gone back to the US and flown all the way back to the UK. How the hell should they be starting? How the hell should they be starting? There's no way they should be starting. Okay. If, if people talk about how, how how big our squad is, then bloody will play them. If I'm Joe Bryan, and I've been with the squad for two weeks, with this international break, I must be thinking, well, I know my next game is not going to be against Leeds in, in, in the Carabao. I'm going to get, get probably going to get a game against Blackpool because he's going to rest. He's going to rest players. You've got Harrison Reed, one of our best players, but you you decide to start a player that's just joined at the transfer deadline. Like the, there was some real real nonsense about the decision making. See the decision. We're going to talk about when we talk about the starting eleven. Giannis, talk about Kina, because again, he is getting killed. Rightfully so. I don't think he played well at all. And no. but. I think it's been over-the-top criticism on him. You don't make a judgment on a player after one match. Look at the judgments that were made on Josh Onema. People keep bringing him up. I said Ola Anna. People said, no, Ola Anna never came good. I disagree with that. But there have been so many judgments on players so early, Giannis. So, again, maybe this was a bad decision. You go with someone that has a proven track record like Harrison Reed, especially when you're playing a team like Blackpool. Right, so that that I understand. Yeah, I mean, that, that, I mean, if I'm Harrison Reed, I'm going. You what? Are you having a laugh? I, 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 I'd, I'd be, I'd be really pissed. I'd be really pissed. I mean, if you look at that lineup, um, you know, I thought, oh, first thing I'd said about the, the possibility of Stansfield playing. Well, that was booted out to touch because he played for the under twenty threes on the Friday, which I think, in a way, was a mistake because you want him, you want him to develop, and this is the sort of game you do want him to develop. And Mitro strikes me we love him to death but he's a stubborn old ox and you know his head could be falling off and rolling down the motorway and he'd still want to play but he got a quite nasty gash in that international break and then he insisted on playing afterwards okay he's not a hundred percent so you got players that weren't a hundred percent whether it was through injuries or through fatigue okay you look at Gazaniga, Adoy, Tosin, Seri well no Seri played at national as well uh Onoma, Dekodova Reed, yep. Kina, Cavallero because Cavallero didn't play for Angola last week. So you've got players there that would have trained with the two. But you've got players there that would have been really, really tired. I think this was a brain-dead move. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm so pissed off because you I got, went on about this last week. You did. Don't tell me. You, don't you tell absolutely me he did. did. He must have seen the medical, the medical report. He must have known that these kids. I mean, Tim Ream is, is 33. He's, 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 he's evergreen. Robinson's a kid. But Jesus Christ, let's have some common sense. Because if you can't play your bench in games like this, 
then when, what's the point of talking about how good your squad is if you can't trust them over players who've gone tens of thousands of miles, played really, really tough World Cup qualifiers in really tough, hot weather, in hostile conditions, with all the travel? It didn't make sense to me then. It doesn't make sense to me now. Now, I don't care what anyone says. This is Silver's defeat. I love what he's done okay. so far, but he must have been drinking scotch or port or <laughs> vodka or mix them with Kia Aura, or whatever he was doing. Because when, I, honest to God, Russ, when I saw the lineup, yep. my first thought was, we're, we're going to lose. So you I really believe it. that? Yes, I knew we were done. Yeah, I, 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 I had a sinking. I went, we're not going. We're not going to win this. We're not going. No, it's not happening. Because this okay. is the wrong move at the wrong time. Well, like I said, Yanis, you, we talked about this on the preview show, and you actually predicted a scenario where it could go wrong. You did not want to see Robinson Arim to your credit. No. And listen, we're having many people comment that are backing you on this. And I certainly understand that because when you look at the lethargy, they were lethargic. We're talking about Reem and Robinson. You look at how Blackpool attacked us. They were pressing us. Tim Reem was two steps behind what he probably normally is. And he's 33 years old. Anthony Robinson looked off the pace, but it's understandable, Giannis. They were attacking our fullbacks. We, you know, we, we could talk about Dennis Adoy too, because Dennis Adoy, I, I didn't think played well at all. And they were going after our fullbacks. They were coming forward. They had a very good game plan. The only thing I want to say, Giannis, when you look at this, and we could be critical of Silva, and we could put it at Silva's feet. I don't want to lose sight of this, and you'll agree with me on this. We have to give credit to Blackpool. Because I don't like when we don't give credit to the other team. You have to give credit to Blackpool, the Blackpool manager. They, they had a good plan. They executed it, especially in the second half when they really were dangerous on the break. I have to give them credit. And they kept us quiet. We weren't dangerous throughout the match, Giannis. I think you're going to agree with me on that. How does Keogh, the center backs that they had, do such a job against? And that's the part that, that blew me away. Richie Keogh was able to dominate in a match where he shouldn't be able to dominate as a center back anymore. He's past his prime. He shouldn't be able to do that, but he played well and they played well. So I just want to get just two cents on Blackpool because I understand where you're coming from. It's a foam show, but I also want to give them credit. I, th I actually think that Paul Critchley played Russian roulette and he won it. Okay. I really, so you, I re you thought he gambled. I think he gambled. I think he gambled that that, that um, Silver was going to put this lineup out, and he got it right, absolutely right. Because if you got players like Reed and you and pl players like Cabano in there and Brian, and you got all that energy, this high press won't work. The passing will be quick between the zones, and all of a sudden they're going to have to going to stretch their fullbacks, and they'll be dropping like flies. The, he gambled on the fact that he was going to go with the strongest, and it worked. And and I got to give him credit yep. for that gamble. I don't think most coaches would have done it, but Blackpool and me are a god-awful ordinary side, but they played very, very well. They did. And they played well against a tired side. That, and I, and it's it sort of, I, I was a little sad at the end because, you know, Tim Ream went on Twitter and he was apologising, there's no excuses, but he doesn't need to apologise. He doesn't need to apologise. The, the players that have been on international break don't need to apologise. They go out there and they represent their country. They give it everything they've got. And they come back. And I and I think I'm sure that Robinson and Reem and Mitro must have had, and Sari must have had half a mind going, 
well, I'm sure I'm going to get a break. Maybe if there's an emergency, you bring me on with 20, 30 ago. We've got four days, you know, until the Birmingham game. I'm so sure they were surprised as anyone that they got signed. It didn't make, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. And it's something that, that Silver's going to have to be very cautious of now because yeah. there are going to be squad players who are pissed off and going, well, I didn't get a game against Blackpool. What are we going to, going to do against Birmingham? You can't decide to, you're going to use your squad players in the Carabao Cup. It doesn't work like that. We've got a huge schedule. It's very, very big. We're going to get injuries. We're going to get suspensions. If you've got the squad that you put together, the 25 players, including Cyrus Christie, yeah. you have to trust that squad, which means if anything goes up, you say, right, okay, you're next off the bench. And you have to have the trust of not going, oh, shit, I'm looking at the bench and that's what I've got. Our squad isn't made up like that. If no. we admit we've got the best squad in the division, then use the damn squad. And when you've got a scenario like this, We've got three international games in two weeks, especially with the amount of traveling that the American boys did. It makes zero sense to do what Silver did. And so I'm hoping to God that he's learned his lesson and gone, I ain't doing that again. Well, I ain't doing that again. That would be a blessing to come out of a loss. It's, it's what do you come from it? What do you learn from it, Giannis? Maybe he will learn something from this the next time we have an international break that he needs more God, squad rotation. So. Maybe... The next time we have two matches in a week, maybe he'll reconsider some of the decisions that he makes because of this cautionary tale of playing a team that was very tired. Let's just be honest. Yeah. And listen, I heard his interview today, and he was basically saying that it was only a few players. But you know what, Giannis? They were key players. They were extremely key players in a match against a team that was going to press you. So... Like I said, I don't want to kill a manager for putting out his best side, but I certainly understand where the fans and yourself are coming from that you have a a good gripe here. You have a good argument that he made a mistake here that hopefully he will look at and analyze because next time around, maybe he won't do it again. Maybe he'll use his squad a little bit more. The question will be, will he do squad rotation against Birmingham, which is, again, now I'm starting to think maybe he will do it then, which I'm not sure I, I really want to see. Against, I want to see a stronger side against Birmingham City. They're a better team. So could he have affected possibly two matches, Giannis, by the decision in this loss here? Should he have done it the other way around? Could we see squad rotation now when maybe we should have seen squad rotation against Blackpool. Will we see right. squad rotation against Birmingham City, which honestly I don't want to see, but we might see it. Yeah, and that would be that uh, and that and there's your irony because he should have done it on Saturday, not for tomorrow. He should have done it on Saturday. Bur- Birmingham are a tasty team. Yeah, they, this is gonna be a difficult match. This is a much more difficult match than yep. Blackpool. Much more. When you look at the talent that Birmingham City have you just have to have to look at Troy Deeney and just say to yourself, uh-oh, what have we gotten ourselves into? And and it goes more than that. It's deeper than that. They have some talented players. This is not going to be an easy match. And I think it's a match where you probably need a stronger, strongest team that you can field out there. And, and we'll talk about that in the second half of the show. It'll be interesting to see if he will rotate the squad against a stronger side. But anyways, let's get further into looking back at this uh, disappointing loss. Where do you see the turning point in the match, Giannis? It's easy. You could say 
that it was the goal early in the second half, but maybe I could say not creating enough in, in the first half and, and that the warning signals were early on in the match. Maybe the turning point was watching Blackpool show up and take it to Fulham. Maybe that, you know, if, if I'm going to say a turning point, I'm going to say the opening stages when I knew Fulham were in a match. I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to say the turning point was, was the lineup. Okay. I think I'm going to go back to um, I was watching last last week. Well, I mean I watched a lot of World Cup qualifiers, the England and or the England uh, Poland game, and um, uh, Gareth Southgate in, insisted in, on using the same eleven that played in Budapest against Hungary. So he completely flipped his squad for the Andorra game, and I can sort of see that Andorra's you know you know obviously not a very good side. Took the lead, but then. The last 20 minutes, Poland started coming back into it, and he's got a fantastic bench, and he didn't take one player off that bench. And he's got tired players, and as a result was that they got a late, late equaliser. Right. Um, it's great to use what you think is your strongest lineup. I'm not going to accept the thing about, I mean, Wilson and Kavai, it's not just around two players. But but an hour before the game is when, is when the lineups are released. And that point, if Blackpool look at that lineup, if I'm Critchley, I'm going, you know what, we can have this lot. There are players that have played a lot of soccer in, in short space of time. They're going to be tired. This isn't their strongest lineup. They've got the, two of the biggest players away. We can take care of Cavallero because he's 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 like a cart horse. You know, it's they've got a player that's playing there and making his debut as well. You've got a doy that's playing only his second game back from weeks away since the you know the the Birmingham game in, in the Carabao Cup, and um, they you know, targeted Dennis Adoy, By the way, they yes, really yeah, targeted. Yeah, him. yeah they, they did, and and um, you know, I mean, he's he's doing his job, and he made some mistakes, but that lineup. I mean, that I'm sorry, that lineup. You look at it and you go, really? So I mean, the Blackpool fans were were excellent. Yeah. Um, our fans were excellent too. They were very very disappointed, and I would have been gutted to have gone all the way up there. To, to, to settle for what was an absolute drab of a performance. Oh, but but again, so avoidable when you put the right lineup out. You've got to put you put when you talk about the strongest lineup, Russ, in yep. a game. The strongest lineup has to be the strongest lineup available in terms of the fitness and the energy. It's a fair point. Yes, it's, a, it's just, a very fair point. We didn't have that on a normal day. You could. Um, even with players out, mind you, again, I mean, Kenya over Reed, bloody hell. Cavaliero over Cabana, bloody hell. What are you doing? But that apart, you go, well, no, this this doesn't look right. And um, it's a, quite a while since I've been this annoyed about a lineup. Yeah, it, I can't it, remember the last time you've been this upset, Giannis, over a starting 11. It's been a I'm long time. It, but I'm thinking about, you know, as a coach, you've got it, you're managing energies. You're managing energies, and you can't put tired players in who just aren't—you know—can't give it to you, especially at the back. Especially yeah. at the back, you might be. Able and that's to... where we really got hurt, Giannis. And that's where we got hurt. And even now, you think about Mitro. You know, we knew on Friday night that Stansfield wasn't going to play a part on Saturday. That's right. So Munoz came in, and Munoz had two ten good minutes. He looked lively. I was going to say, I, for a debut, Giannis. I, you know, I'm glad that you brought this up. I was going to mention this later. For a debut. Not half bad from he's, yeah from got, Rodrigo Muniz. Yeah, he's got a little bit of Diego Costa about him, which I I, I he don't have a, actually I don't I, have a it's problem. funny you say that that I can see that. 
Yeah, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a nutter, and I love the fact that that um, Mitchell got into it with the goalkeeper in injury time, and that to me that wasn't a set two between Mitchell and the goalkeeper. But I think that was Mitchell being frustrated at the game. But yep. I love the fact that Muniz came out and he to defend his play. I thought that's what I'm talking about. That's what you want to see. <laughs> that's how you galvanize a squad. That's how you do it. That's how you know you yeah. you run, you know you run. Um, uh, you run. It's like you see in ba- we see in baseball all the time. So we saw. I think you were watching. Well, those who weren't watching, there was a. They call it the Subway Series between the New York Yankees and New York Mets, and uh, there was a series over the weekend, a big series. And somebody made somebody scored a home run and then stopped between the bases to try and um, you know to try and rile up the opposition, and it ended. And it was seen as disrespectful. It ended with the. The, the Mets bench coming out and emptying and the Yankees bench out coming out yeah. and emptying in words. And you do actually like to see that because you're defending your teammates and you're saying, right. you're not going to treat my teammates like that. Muniz did that. And I thought that was great. Um, and um, I actually wouldn't be surprised if he starts tomorrow because, um, because if you, if you give him a start, then you give Mitra a little bit of time to rest. And I'm, sh- and I'm sure Muniz is, is ready to kick, kick Kevin and I out of anyone who comes near him. <laughs> so, it could be fun. It um, could. So I'm looking forward to seeing what you can do that. But, but uh, again, the lineup. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay, my friend. All right. So let's get to it and let's really uh, analyze this match. And we'll just spend a little bit time on each half. So let's start with the first half, Giannis. Yeah. Like I said, it really I could just tell from the beginning stages that this is going to be a little bit different because of the way that Blackpool approached this. You could see that we were just not at the races very early on. In fact, at times I I was watching Tim Ream thinking, this is the Tim Ream under Scott Parker. But I think part of that had to do with fitness. And and the same thing with Anthony Robinson. Anthony Robinson looked lethargic, but it's understandable. So when I looked at the first half, the warning signs were, were there, Giannis. Forget about any opportunities Fulham were presented. You know, they did have some opportunities, but I was concerned from the get-go. What comes to your mind when you look at the first half? We looked slow. Um, That's the best word we, to describe it. Yeah, we, we looked we looked slow and we looked lethargic and we looked tired and there was a lack of intensity. And just to embarrass us, Huddersfield are winning one nothing at Blackpool right now. So that's, that's just... That's, that's just <laughs> Really get pissed off about the whole thing, but I mean, we looked, we looked, we we looked like a team that would have come third in a two horse race. We just we didn't get we didn't get going, and they had a lot more intensity than us, and they were ready. They were up for it. They were up for it, and yep. um, you know they 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 inflicted the high press, and we didn't know how to react to that. We should have known how to react to that. And then at half time, Coach Silver had a chance to react to that in terms of making the adjustments and saying, "Oi." This is what they're doing. We're a bright team. We've got some bright players. This is how we need to, to work with it. And lo and behold, we didn't. And and then they scored their goal. Yep. And, um, you know, we all shrugged our shoulders and said, well, that's Fulhamish. Well, um, that's fine. But um, more often than not, Russ, we will go out and have difficult performances and we will, you know, we'll... we'll We'll look at assigning responsibility for what went wrong, and, and 99 times out of 100, as you know, we'll look at the players and go, "He or 
he or he, it's like easy to say, well, Dennis Adoy didn't have a great game. Dennis, right. yeah, Dennis didn't have a great game. He's doing the best he, he can, really. Right. But there are 10 other players on the on the pitch. Gazaniga shouldn't let a shot in um, from the near post. Robinson and Ream had no legs left by the time Bowler scored, and that was nearly 50 minutes in. Yeah. I mean, it was that and on that left-hand side, ironically, we were running into all sorts of trouble. And, um, yeah. again... The manager's got a lot, you know, you hold your hands up and go, you know, I screwed, my bad. I, 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 I look, I assessed something wrong. It didn't work out. Um, we all learn from those mistakes. We move on. But I'm not in the championship and I'm not a Premier League manager. And I'm certainly no Brian Clough or Sir Alex or any or anyone like that. You know, I, I would never put myself in the higher high echelons. But even I'm not that stupid. To not rest players after the sort of thing that's happened. And case in point, Russ, look yep. at the Christmas break. The Christmas break. I think that every manager in the on the planet in England they they complain about the Christmas break because oh now Huddersfield have scored a second goal. Go figure, Russ. The two nothing up at Blackpool makes me sick. So you know they complain. We've got you know three games in eight, seven days, three games in eight days, four games in ten days. This is the sort of mayhem where you get the squad rotation come Christmas. Why would it change now, especially when you've got all these players traveling to here and high water to play for their countries? Why, why would you not utilize the squad that's the best in the division, allegedly, to, to, to give players to rest and heal knocks and what have you? I just don't understand it. Okay. Well, it's just uh, when you look at this, Giannis, and I, I look back at this uh, disappointing loss, I look at, like I said, it's fair to criticize Silva. I am not going to back off from what I said the next day when I talked about, you know, I can understand the decision that he made. I can't fault a manager for going for a stronger side. But here's the thing that you just said that actually I'm going to be critical of Silva on. I was very critical of Scott Parker on this, Giannis, when Scott Parker would never admit that he was wrong. I don't think Marco Silva said my bad. I think Marco Silva said no excuses, but he never said, he never said, you know what? We need to do better. I need to do better. The players need, I need to look at what I did and I need to learn from that. That would have been refreshing. He didn't do that. Like I said, Scott Parker didn't either. So if I'm going to criticize Parker, I'm going to criticize Silva for the same thing, Giannis, because I believe that, Strength can be from showing that you're human, that we all make mistakes. Come out and say, you got this one wrong. But he didn't do that. By the way, I am watching the QPR match and and the Blackpool, Blackpool, I got Blackpool on the brain, the uh, Bournemouth match, and now it's two to one, Giannis, in case you're wondering. Uh, QPR just yes, you I and just I talked about. Yeah, you and I just talked about this before the show, that that's a team QPR that that likes to come from behind for whatever reason. This that match is far from over. So I got Ross, my eye I on be- that match while we're going. Ross, I bet a friend of mine back in England ten pounds that Steph Steph Joe would get a yellow card, <laughs> and he did. Of course he did. <laughs> if anyone's going to be pumped up for that game, you know it's Steph Joe because because Scotty Parker put him out to pasture. <laughs> he wasn't playing a game. He wasn't in the squad. Yep. QPR rescued him. He played really well second half of the season after he announced his retirement from the Norwegian team. You know he yep. would have kicked a few people. And he did. He got a yellow card just before halftime. So thank you, 
<laughs> Steph Joe for doing that. I'm not. I'm. I'm. If he'd had an opportunity to kick Scott Parker on the sidelines, he'd probably have done that. But Sam McCallum <laughs> has just scored for QPR, so it's two-one. So come on, you come on, you hoops, get a point for the cherries. Can't believe I'm saying that. I can't believe you're saying that, and I'm thinking that too. And I'm thinking that too. <laughs> Which is the lesser two evils? I can't stand QPR, but I don't want to see Bournemouth do well this season. So a draw is not a bad result for us, Giannis. For sure. Anyways, let's move on. We've already talked a little bit about. Let's talk about the second half, but we have to go right to the goal. It sounds like to me you're putting this at the foot of the goalkeeper. I've been concerned about him, honestly, Giannis. And I want to see Marek Rodak get a shot before this match. So thoughts on Blackpool's goal. Again, you got to give Bowler a lot of credit. But Casaniga needs to be saving this, Giannis. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> it was awful. But... But, I mean, I'm going to give a little bit of leeway to Gazaniga. I mean, he shouldn't be – no keeper should be beating the near post. But it was like it was like a Gareth Bell run that Bowler made, and, and he should have yeah. stopped well before then, and he wasn't. And uh, it's gone in, and, and it, it, it is irritating. But, but you know, um, it just goes to show you can have as much possession as you want, but, but um, you know, it's, 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 it's sticking the ball in the back of the net and, and, and how, it, how it manifests itself there and – that would have been a very disappointing goal for Gazaniga, but but to to be honest, on the basis of the way we played, it's it's no more than we deserved. We didn't deserve anything out of the game. No. We can't we can't turn around and say, well, we should have that. No, no. we was, we weren't good enough, and they beat us. And it just goes to show, you know, two years ago, lest we forget, Barnsley first game of the season at Oakwell. It made me think of the Barnsley match, honestly. Yeah, and then they thumped us down at the cottage twice. They didn't beat us, yeah, twice. I mean, it's so you're not going to play teams like Blackpool or Peterborough United and go, oh, this should be this should be easy peasy lemon squeezy. Not a chance. Any team, any dog can have its day. And Blackpool showed that. And tonight, of course, the Tangerines are losing uh, to the Terriers. Go figure. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm hoping that um, there'll be a bounce back tomorrow. Yep. And um, But a lot, of that, and this just goes to shoot for, for fans, a lot will have to depend on the lineup. Oh, we're going to talk about it. About uh, Birmingham, because they've had one extra day to rest because their game against Derby was on Friday night. Yep, that's a, actually a good point, Giannis. And uh, very good discussion here, my friend. Very honest discussion. And it's funny because, like I said, I feel that I, I need to defend Silva's decision a little bit because I came out strong. But I understand the other side of this. I understand where you're coming from. I understand where the Fulham supporters are coming from. And I'm glad that you brought up the point on Silva really not coming out and saying, like you said, my bad. I'm going to learn from it. My bad. It's really okay to do. It really is. It actually, to me, shows strength, not weakness. It actually shows strength. That's my opinion on that. Okay, my friend, let's go back. Because again, before we wrap up talking about this match, I do want to talk about Kina just for just a second. Now, here's a player that you said you would have gone with Harrison Reed. You have a strong argument on that. The problem I have with the criticism on Kina is it's one match, Giannis. It's one match. And I've seen this too many times. you got to give this player a chance. I saw a player that was trying to make things happen. It wasn't coming off. He was sloppy, but he just started playing with his team. I saw Fulham players potentially getting frustrated at him 
because maybe he's just not on the same page with them yet. Please do not give up on this player yet. Do not make a judgment on him. It's way too soon after one match. Like I said, how many people were killing Josh Onima? Josh Onima came good. I still think Olaena came good. There are other examples as well. We can go all the way back to Bairdino. Go all the way back to Chris Baird. Killing Chris Baird. How about Tim Ream? I, I can go so far back on debuts that were not good that fans were ready to get rid of him already. And look how they turned out. Now, it could go in the other way, and he might not be the player that we need. Give him a chance to prove himself, Giannis. Not after one match. I'm sorry. I, I can't I can't do that after one match. Your thoughts? Well, I'd say I, I I'd say I'd say yes, but I wouldn't have picked him for this particular game. I, I just um, I, I I'm uh, I think oh I'm going to get into trouble for this. Go ahead, Giannis. But I'm, I'm going to say this. Um, let's go back to what happened last year uh, in the, when we lost to West Ham, the Olympic Stadium, the Adamola Lookman penalty. Oh. Because, and I got a lot of stick for that, but but I still maintain that that, that um, to do what he did after being with the squad for several weeks takes you have to have the respect of the club, the fans, the players to be able to do something like that in as critical a moment as that, in as big a game as that. If Mitro does it, if Reem does it, if yep. Reed does it, then we go, okay, silly boy, shouldn't have done it, he's done it. But Lookman did it, and it looked what it was selfish. And and, and I still say that was such a critical point in the season. That, that nonsense cost us a valuable point, and it took us time to recover. Now, if you look at Kenya, I think it's in, in a sort of similar in the sense that it takes time to bed in. I mean, unless you're Ronaldo and you walk into the Man United lineup, <laughs> you're, it's going to take time. So Harry right. Reid, who's worked really hard to get back from um, injury, is overlooked for Kenya. And I thought Reid made a big difference when he came on. I don't, for the life of me, understand why he would play Kenya when he's just joined the squad. He doesn't really know the system. Um, that doesn't know his teammates. He doesn't know his teammates. It's a very risky move. I mean, he's under 21. You could technically put him in an under 23 game and give him a couple of things. You can do those, you know, those those many games that we never really hear about, the behind closed doors friendlies, where you, you bring back players who've been injured to give them a, a bit of fitness time. But this wasn't the game to do it. Um, Harrison Reed being left out, I thought, was a, was a really daft move. It didn't make sense that Kenya started. And I'm not going to pour fuel on the lad. It was his first game. I get that. I just feel bad for the fact that this isn't the game he should have had. I would have preferred, as an example, that because our squad's deeper, when we play Leeds in the Carabao Cup, you can play Chiloba, you can play Keeney, you can play Stancer, you can play Muniz, you can play all these lads and give them a real tryout against the Leeds side that have the smallest squad in the Premier League. So you know that the team they put out is going to be very, very strong. And it's really a nothing cup, so it's going to be a fantastic experience, and you're not going to lose points because of it. This was a risky move when you've got better players, more established players sitting on the bench. I would not have done it. I still wouldn't have done it. I think he'll be a good player, but I think, um, again, Silva has to take responsibility for the timing of putting him in in a game like this. Was the timing right when you've got better players who know the system? My belief is no. So... um, 
will we see him included tomorrow? I'm sure we will. Um, but I'd be shocked if he's not on the bench tomorrow night. Okay. All right. Very good there, Yas. All right. Coming up next, we're going to preview the upcoming match against Birmingham City, which will be a very interesting match away from home for foam. Okay, Giannis, let's get to it. Let's talk about Birmingham City to start off. And then we got a bunch of things to talk about before we get to our prediction in a bit. So just give me your overall thoughts on Birmingham City. I think this is a quality team. Forget about the match in the Carabao Cup. That was 11 changes. That's not the team you're going to see. I think everyone knows that. Yeah, They have some dangerous players. People have been bringing up. Don't forget about Scott Hogan. Of course, you have, like I said, Troy Deeney. They have players that can hurt us, Giannis. So just give me your overall thoughts on Birmingham City and also the manager, Lee Bollier. Yeah, and I'll start with Lee Bollier because Lee, Lee um, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased he, he's been in that position. He's been able to rebuild there because um, a couple of years ago, we all remember he was at Charlton Athletic and they were having just a terrible financial situation there. And we were hearing horror stories about players having to bring their water bottles from water to the ground and cold showers and it was just it was it was an absolute mess and he's a better manager than that we you know there were some managers where you know there's the ifs but ands of doubt i mean you look at someone like joey barton and you go you know he's at bristol rovers why is he still in a job and he's he's, he's just a complete you know he's a nutter lee Bowyer used to be a little bit of a nutter as a player but he's turned out to be a very astute manager and he's got a nice he's got a nice group of players there and looking at this i mean they against um Derby, they played a 3-4-3, but interestingly enough, they only had 37% possession. So they're a counter-attacking team. They've got the threesome that played up front against Derby. You had Hogan, Jutkovic, and Chong. Chong, they've picked yep. up from Man United and has been a seamless and perfect fit. The, the Birmingham fans are absolutely raving about how good this kid is. Um, and unfortunately, that's the nature of being at a top Premier League squad that you go out on loan. And you realize just how good a player is, and they're never going to get a chance. Harry Wilson's a really, really good example of that. Right. You know, he's going he's to thrive. Yudkovich can score goals wherever he goes. So can Hogan. And you've also got Troy Deeney on the bench. This is a team um, that works very, very hard off the ball. They're very well organized. And um, they're two points behind us, and they will work like dogs tomorrow night. And they've had several days to rest. And they will definitely be up for it. Lee Bowyer will have it up for it. And it will be a, one of our more intense games of the season. And we're going to have to have a real fight. Now, good news today, I understand, is that uh, St. Andrews, they have opened up tickets on the door for tomorrow night for travelling supporters, which is very good news, which means I'm sure there'll be a fair number of uh, uh, fans that will go up to support the lads. And they'll need to because, um, although really... I thought our support on Saturday was absolutely fantastic. I'm just really disappointed they were treated to a cold pizza. Um, but but the, Birmingham have a good starting lineup and I, and, I, and their bench. You got players like you know, as Anaka and Dini and and Gardner. I mean, these, these you know they're a good squad and 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 I'm expecting them to be there or thereabouts um, in terms of the playoffs. So this is going to be a very tough game for us, and they've come off. The back of a two nothing win over Derby County, right? And um, you know we're gonna we're gonna have our hands full. Okay, excellent, Giannis. All right, so let's now focus on Fulham. Now we talked a little bit about Birmingham City, given the respect they deserve, but let's talk about 
our team. So let's start here because uh, we know a couple of things from Marco Silva's interview today, and I'm going to mention now. I want to get your thoughts on both of them. Let's start with the positive one first. How big of a boost could be the return of Harry Wilson? Now, he could be involved where it's leaning towards that way. I don't know if he'll start, but Marco Silva indicated that he'll be in contention to be in this match. This, to me, I think is uh, significant, Giannis. Let's talk about Harry Wilson. It is a positive, but I'm not sure I'd play him because okay. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still worried about the concussion. I, okay, I, fair point. Yeah, just uh, do we want to rush him back? I mean, Silver's got, again, he's got to look at the lineup from Blackpool, rushing players back before they're ready and available. That's a to fair get. argument there. Fair point. So if he can do, if he can, if he thinks about this, um, you know what? Give the lad a few days off. You've got to stick him on the bench fine, but live, give him a few days off. We've got, we're capable of giving Birmingham City problems if we make little, you know, adjustments to the lineup. Yep. If Wilson does 100%, then great. But but I, I just, um, you know, it's like playing hockey. Sometimes you just one check on the boards away from a second concussion. That's right. And you don't, and you don't want that. And I think I, I just, I do. It'd be great if he plays, but I prefer he doesn't. And he's given a few more days off just to, okay. to rest. So he's available for Saturday. That's actually really a good point by you, Yanis, when we talk about concussions. And uh, as someone that lives up here and watched Taylor Twelman's career end because of concussions, I understand where you're coming from on that. Rather be safe than sorry, because it could go down a bad path if it really is. And again, we've not gotten 100% proof that it is a concussion. We, again, we're led to believe that maybe it was, but again, we don't know. But any kind of head trauma, I would err on the side of caution, regardless whether it is a concussion or not. I agree with your point there, Giannis. It might be better to wait on Harry Wilson, even though we know he can help us against Birmingham City, because you have to think about the player's health. I'm glad that you brought that up. Very strong and good point by you, my friend. Now, here's the flip side. This is actually a real negative. How big of a loss is Fabio for this match? Because it's been indicated from Silva that he will not be playing against Birmingham City dealing with a foot injury. It is a significant loss, but the, but but again, I'd be if I'm Coach Silva, I'd probably turn around to the squad and say, "Look, if we're if we're so much up a creek that we have to rely on an 18 year old kid to be starting to pull the gears, then you guys may not be as good as you think you are." So I think we've got enough players in that squad that can replace that. It is a loss, but man, oh man, when's the last team you ever heard of that had with that reliant on an 18 year old kid? I mean, it's a little scary. Yeah. It's a little scary in terms of his development and how good a player he is. I don't think anyone we love him to death, but that we've got enough players to cover that. And you know what? If it means he needs a few more days for the weekend, then let's do it. Let's. This is a perfect, a perfect opportunity for Silver to learn the lessons from last weekend. Okay. Don't play players who are tired. Don't play players that are, who hurt. are injured or you know or just. Or, I mean, there's so many things that can be going wrong as well. So, um, I, I think it would be folly to pick Wilson. And I think it would be astute and smart not um, not to pick uh, uh, Caveo and hopefully give him a few days so that he can be ready for – we've got two home games coming up. Okay. Well, apparently it doesn't sound like we're going to be seeing Fabio. And uh, only time will tell 
in regards to Harry Wilson, we'll have to see how that plays. But Yanis brings up a good point. When you're dealing with head trauma, you got to be very careful. So I understand where he's coming on that. Okay, let's talk about key players for Fulham against Birmingham City. We'll get your starting 11 in just a bit. But based on uh, what you're looking at, Yanis, and you'll give us a, your starting 11 in just a bit, who, who are key players against this Birmingham City side for you, for Fulham? I'm worried about the, for Birmingham the front the front well the, I'm going to say the front four really Hogan Yutkovich, uh, Chong and potentially Dini there you got four you got four powerhouses Chong as I said has, has been uh, there've been rave reviews about the way he's played and he's just the way he's been able to transform that team in terms of the chances he creates so uh, you got players like Sunjic and Woods who are very very hard working I, they're not going to be a team that's going to enact the high press they're going to come and attack us so we're going to have to be we're going to have to be pretty astute and we're going to have to be pretty steady. And um, it, it is the first 10, 15 minutes of this game, I think, is going to be very important because not just to nullify the strikers, but in terms of getting some semblance of confidence back. Because let's be honest, the tail is between the legs for a lot of these players. They're feeling a little sorry for themselves right. because of what happened Saturday. And I'm sure a lot of it will be disappointment at all the fans that traveled up to Blackpool and made a weekend of it but will have felt let down, let down by all the money they spent, um, not by the defeat, but, 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 but by the effort that wasn't good enough. So they'll have a point to prove, but they'll need 10, 15 minutes in terms to, you know, bed themselves in, into the game. The strikers for Birmingham are going to be, are going to be a key. And I think we need just to hold them, hold them tight, try and outwork their midfield. I'm not, I'm not, you know, they're back through. I mean, I think they had Robertson, Peterson and Hardy Dean playing at the back. Yep. Um, and, and they're takeable. I don't think they're particularly strong at the bank, but the, it's going to be a battle of the midfield. Okay. And I think I think we've got to have the right lineup that's going to be able to to encounter them. I think with pace, pace is going to be on Birmingham's undoing, and I think that uh, we have the players that can exploit that. And that's what we were missing against Blackpool, Giannis. Pace, pace, and quick passing. We were missing both of them. So let's now talk about how does Fulham win this match? You basically. Just saying it right there. We just need to show our pace and get into good situations to set up our strikers. I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but if you're Marco Silva, what would be your game plan? It's, it's exactly that. Um, it's to do what we did in the first five games, which is look to move the ball quickly between the zones, look to use the fullbacks, look to, to vary the game between short passes and long passes. And just just having a lot more, much more high energy, I think that's going to be key. We've got to stick our foot foot in early. Just our imprint has to go in early. I don't mean yellow cards, but just you know, just yep. establishing a tempo on Birmingham. And um, we're not Derby County by any means, so we should be able to have some some fun there. It could be a very open game actually, depending on how the lineups go. Um, but I think we've got enough up front and in the midfield to cause them some trouble. And um, my my thought is that the, is that we will, um, but it's going to be a very very tough game. And again, forty six games it was six games in. There are many many games to go. The weather's going to get worse. The fields are going to get heavier and what have you. So every game is going to be a learning curve. This is one of our toughest away games of, of the year, and it's midweek, which is never fun. <laughs> but they're going to. As I said, this pride is does mean a lot of things. You want to put in a shift, and I'm sure that um, that. Uh, well, Tim Reeves, the club captain now, so he's, he's yep. going to get them together and say, "No, look, you know what we do wasn't wasn't brilliant. We're going to have to learn from that, 
and uh, respect Birmingham. Um, and you've got to respect their matters to their managers. You know, he's done a he's done a very very good job, and I got a lot of time for Lee Bowyer. So um, it should be an entertaining game, and uh, hopefully we can get something on the ball, get something tomorrow night, um, so everybody can feel good about themselves, and that we can get you know get Cavaya back and uh, yep. Wilson back and get ready for the weekend. Okay, and this match could be a huge pendulum shift for Fulham. They win this. I feel very strong about their next match against Reading at home. I I just do. Yeah. If yeah. they lose this, the momentum has really put the pressure on that match. They should be able to beat Reading regardless. But you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself early. You can really set yourself up with a bounce back match tomorrow night, and it'll be interesting to see how Silva sets form up. Now I'm going to put you in the shoes of Marco Silva. I'm not sure what he's going to do. What would Giannis Janaeus, head coach of Fulham Football Club, do? What would you do against Birmingham? What would be your starting eleven? Um, well, um, obviously there'd be. Uh, unfortunately, um, Floyd Ayute is not available. So every show, um, every show has got to be in there. Um, I've got a lineup here um, that I think will do it and uh, hopefully does do it. And uh, I'm sure I'm going to get mocked for it, but this is where I'm starting. Gazaniga <laughs> ahead, starts in net. I still okay. start Gazaniga in net. Um, I still start Adoy at right back. I start Joe Bryan at left back, and I play Tosin and Mawson at, uh, at the back. I give Ream and Robinson a break. I do it now. Okay. I think you give it, do it now. You didn't do it Saturday. Do it now. Midfield, um, I would play Onoma. No, so I play Seri in the middle um, with Reed. Um, I would play Onoma in front of them. Um, and then on uh, up front. In our messages, that was actually suggested. I can't remember who suggested Onoma playing that role. Yeah, Onoma play that role, the number 10. And then I would have Bobby Dekadova Reed on the right. I would have Niskins Cabano. That's where uh, I would on the go. Left. Yep. Now, what would front. you do up front? Would you, would you pull the trigger on the youngster and start Muniz? Yes, I would. Yes, I would. I, 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 yes, I like I it, Giannis. Yeah, just give. Let's give these boys a break. Let's give Mitro. Let's give these boys. A, in fact, if, I mean, Seri also played international football during the break. Yep. Um, I'm not sure we've got quite got the depth there that can do it. But in the meantime, let's 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 do this. Let's do it at Birmingham, and then let's keep these boys on the bench. And then if we need them for 15, 20, 25 minutes, whatever it's going to be, then we bring them off the bench. But let's give these boys a break. Let's throw. A different look at them. I think Reed's going to give us energy. Cabana can give um, fullbacks fits. Yep. I think the Onomas, um, you know, he's not the quickest number ten, but he's certainly a pass of ball and can cause problems. You know that Munoz is going to be a bull in the Brazilian china shop, and uh, Mawson's played well since he started the season. And, and Joe Bryan needs to get time. I, I don't really make this makes no sense him not playing. So that would be my lineup, and I'd feel comfortable about that. I think these players need to get a break. And uh, this gives Wilson a chance to to, to, to heal and, and Calvaya so that yep. they're both ready for the weekend. What it also gives you is pace, Giannis. That was something that you've already mentioned. Maybe you don't have pace at the fullback position, but you have pace in midfield and you have some danger up front. I you know, and again, I it's a small sample, but I like what I saw from Rodrigo Muniz. I wouldn't be against doing that, giving him a shot. And it's not a slight on Mitro. It actually, I think, in the long run, could help Mitro. And then you have this strong bench, Giannis, to change the yep. game if you have to. 
Yeah. And I don't mind keeping Seri out of this match. I, I don't mind that. I actually really agree with a lot of the things that you just said there. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. And I happen to, yeah, I'm not against playing Joe Bryan over Robinson because I think that could actually help in the long run. I do mm. like having Mawson come in for Reem. Nothing wrong with that at all. We, we've already seen. Here's a player. If you listen to the interview from Tim Reem on Fulmich, which was fantastic, by the way. I want to give those guys credit. Tim Ream said that Mawson is pushing him in training, pushing him. He wants to play. Time to give him a chance to play. I agree with you. Start Mawson with Tosin. Let's see what that looks. We've already seen it. Let's see it again. That might give you just a different type of look against a physical team up front because Mawson is going to be more physical, Giannis, than Tim Ream. I, I think Tim Ream has played phenomenal for Fulham this season. Maybe it's time for something a little bit different in your center back pairing. So I'm with you on that, Giannis. Okay. Let's end, my friend, with our predictions. If you're watching live, feel free to share your predictions. Mr. Janaeus, I'm going to go to you first. What is your prediction for this match? Uh, I think it's going to be a 1 1 draw. And I'll be happy. I'm actually. I'd be happy with the draw. I would have been happy with the draw if we'd have won on Saturday, but I'm still going to be happy with the draw because I think this is going to be a, a tough game. I think it's an important game just to calm the nerves and settle down. I think I think a lot of what happened to us on Saturday would have been abject shock that we yep. would lose, and it wasn't. It was to who we lost to. I mean, it's, well, I mean, you knew they were going to lose. It was just a matter of when. So this exactly. is a good kick up the kick in the pants, and. Um, but th- th- this is an opportunity to play, you know, different players, um, and I like I like that. I just I d- I just don't think um, I don't. I-, I said it before. The- these players are not automatons. They're not robots. You have to apply common sense in terms of their health because health comes number one. And um, I think you're, um, I think you're um, you're compromising their health. And safety of players if they're playing so many games in such a short pace, space of time when you're expecting, you know, optimum performance. It, it, it won't. It can't happen. It won't happen. Um, even the best players in the world would struggle. Okay. So this is a good lesson to learn. And I'm hoping, you know, if we make these changes, I think I think it's going to give us a different look against a, a tough Birmingham side. And uh, I'm expecting a decent performance tomorrow night. And uh, if we can get a point out of it, it would be great. Okay. Here's some predictions. 1-1, Dini and Muniz, both first goals. Okay, Ben Lawrence, 1-1, we want to play well in both halves. I agree with that, Ben. And I'm going to go along with, I've already decided I was going to do this anyways. I'm going 1-1, I'm going with everyone else. I don't think a point is the worst result against Birmingham City. This is a marathon and not a sprint. I know we're all focused on the matches around Fulham right now especially the ones that are today. But you have to look at the big picture. It's You want to still get in that winning mentality. And no, getting a point is not winning. But it's stopping the rot, Giannis. It's stopping the losing mentality. Getting a point does that. So I would rather win. But I don't think a 1-1 draw is the worst result going into a match against Reading. And then you really get yourself firing on all cylinders, going back in the right direction. But you have to start 
moving forward again. Because if you lose this match, then you go down a, a bad you can go down a bad path. And we don't want to see Fulham start to go down a bad path. So, anyways, well, my friend, great show as always. Thank you so much for doing this with me. I, I always appreciate doing shows with you. It's been a lot of fun. Any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Absolute pleasure. And I'm glad I was able to um uh, just release some uh some angst from Saturdays. <laughs> Saturday's um, bollocks. Um, I just, I, yeah, I, I just, as I said, I, I just hope that um, uh, Coach Silver's learnt the lessons from from Saturday and yep. you know the way we played because the way we played and the lethargy we showed was a was a direct consequence of the lineup and the lack of energy because of so many games being played in a short space of time. So if he's learned from that. I'm pleased. It's a, less, a good lesson to learn. And he puts out a good positive lineup that's rested tomorrow. I'm expecting good things. Okay, excellent, Giannis. And I'm going to say this. Anyone that has watched the movie Clash of the Titans, what Giannis did tonight, he released the Kraken. Yes, Giannis released Release the, the Kraken. Kraken. Released the Kraken. That's what you did, Giannis. You let it all hang out. You released the Kraken. I had to do it. It had to be, it, it had to be done. It had to be done <laughs> because I'm not having us losing to teams like Blackpool. Sorry. Okay. I, I just, it just, no. I mean, and as well as they played, oh dear, oh dear. Could we have played any worse? Probably not. That was really just so bad to watch. It was it was very bad to watch. And to be honest with you, I, I actually learned a little bit about myself as well. And I am saying this. I love fall. I also love the New England Patriots, Giannis. You know this as well. Yes, I love both yes. sides. Both teams. I take it way too seriously, and I need to dial it back because I didn't take this loss well. I didn't. I actually got too upset. I'm not a little boy anymore, and I need to take losses better. And uh, I didn't take this very well, and I'll be the first. Oh, I got my hand up. So win, lose, or draw, I think I need to learn to take the results a little bit better and realize it's not the end of the world. The most important thing is watching my team play, and hopefully they're going to do well, and hopefully they're going to get promoted. But one loss shouldn't ruin my Saturday. Mm. It shouldn't ruin your day. And on the flip side, it shouldn't make your day either. It should be good, but it gets too entangled in me, and I just took it to heart really bad. And I'll be the first to admit I really took the loss bad, Giannis. I I did. I, I took it bad. And uh, I'm going to I'm gonna try to learn from that. Anyways, all right. Well, great show as always, but we do have to wrap this up. For my very good friend, Yashinas, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.